You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 78 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. Do you believe the earth is round? Have you heard that there are people who believe that the earth is actually flat? Well, I'm not saying that the flat earth theory is true. And I'm, I'm not saying that it is not true. All I'm saying is that in this episode, we are going to talk to John Davis, the president of the Flat Earth Society. So thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. So tell the listeners a bit about who you are and why you think you're on the podcast. Well, I'm uh, the American president of the Flat Earth Society. I've uh, been working on the theory for about 15 years, and um, I'm just here to share a bit of my ideas. Yeah, and I've always been interested in uh, fringe science or history, or, or and I think the Flat Earth Society is, is very much on the fringe. Oh, definitely. How did this start? Where, where did you uh, start your journey with the Flat Earth Society? Well, uh, at some point when I was a younger man, I uh, came to a point where I started questioning a lot of the stuff that had been taught to me and I kind of just took as fact. Uh, this led into a fairly broad investigation to a lot of different you know, ways of looking at the world, a lot of different uh, uh, ways of thought, worldviews, and uh, both orthodox ones and non-orthodox ones. And one day I came across uh, some literature from the Flat Earth Society and something about it just kind of struck me and uh, took me back uh, both on like a logical and regional level and then also on a, a personal level. It just sort of clicked. And since then, I've been working to advance flat earth theory and uh, spread the word out. So just to make everybody on the same page, can you just explain briefly what the flat earth theory is? Sure. Um, and it's briefest, uh, it, it's simply that the Earth is flat. Uh, uh, on other levels, it's also about not believing uh, or knowing why you believe what you believe and making an informed choice about uh, what you believe. And then also um, about personally uh, finding out these truths for yourself through uh, experiment. Yeah, I have this thing. I, I don't know. I don't know if the Earth is flat or round until I go into space and look at it. Uh, because, you know, the only truth you can have is direct experience. But uh, I am sure you've come across many people when they hear about the flat Earth, they go, what, that's stupid, that's crazy. And what would what is normally your first response to that? What, what's the most the best like evidence or theory that you put forth when people say that? Uh, well, my, my favorite uh, proof uh, can be found by uh, looking at the case of satellites and that we know that they are traveling uh, at a constant speed and uh, are essentially not accelerating. I mean, uh, and if we recall, acceleration is a change in direction or speed. Uh, so right off the bat, we can see that 
satellites are actually traveling in straight lines because they don't feel that acceleration, both either on a theoretical level or uh, an actual letter if, level if we were to put an accelerometer inside a, a satellite. Uh, and that's sort of why you get that space, that uh, gravityless uh, feeling when, uh, or some do when they're in a, a space station, and why you see videos where it looks like that. Uh, if those videos aren't faked, uh, many flat earthers do believe that. Uh, but once we realize that, we can see that satellites are traveling in straight lines and they surround the Earth um, in a manner of speaking. They're, they're above the Earth at every location. And so if all these straight lines are above the Earth, we can say that the bounding space of Earth is then flat. And then from there, it's a fairly short jump to say that the ground itself is flat uh, by realizing that the altitude is different. Uh, another, another thing I, I might just say is, well, look at your window. It, uh, it looks flat. All our senses say it's flat. And until you, uh, like you said, go up with the space for yourself and, and have that experiential truth, uh, you're really just taking it on faith. But what about this thing where, you know, if something is extremely big, uh, it might look flat when you're small. Sure, sure. Um, and that does come up a lot. And it's a very valid point that, well, you know, it, it would look flat either way. Uh, the point being, though, that we don't have good evidence to assume it's not flat. So why would we not trust our, our, our first instinct uh, without having a, a suitable evidence and having so many uh, cases where the evidence doesn't seem to add up for a round Earth? When I first discovered that there was a modern flat Earth theory, I mean that it had come back, my, fir my first critical uh, idea was, well, I've flown in an airplane and it, it looks like it, when you look out an airplane, it kind of looks like it cur curves. What would be the answer to that? Well, it's actually interesting because, and I've heard many people uh, say this, uh, th this point that, you know, I've been on an airplane, I look out the window and it looks curved. Uh, but when you look at uh, the actual optic studies, um, I believe if you uh, perhaps if you wanted to Google uh, Lynch uh, optics curvature of the earth, you'll find uh, a good article, uh, a good academic article that says, well, even if, you know, he obviously is a round earther. So, you know, even if the earth is round, you can't see the curvature at uh, commercial flight heights. It's, it's actually quite higher than that. And even pilots uh, who, who don't have to look out the little tiny window on their airplane will attest, oh, no, you, you really can't notice it until you get much, much higher in the atmosphere, um, which kind of highlights a very weird thing that we do. Um, and there, there is two explanations for this. And the first thing is this weird thing that we do where we sort of expect to see the curvature. And so it actually causes us to see it. Um, the other uh, explanation could be that it is the curvature of the pressurized airplane windows that causes this illusion. In the old days, everybody believed the Earth was flat. What, when did it begin becoming round? Or, and what, ha what was the, the, that reason? Was it when they like sailed around the planet or something? Now, a lot of people uh, would like to say uh, Columbus or Magellan uh, sent out to prove the Earth was round. Uh, and that, that wasn't the case at all. And I, I, I don't think that was even in their minds. I think we had a pretty good idea that the Earth was round very early. 
uh, you can see various theories in antiquity that uh, describe around Earth, and you have studies like Aristophanes later that uh, attempted to show the diameter of the Earth. Um, a lot of times you you hear people say that, you know, in the Dark Ages, people believe that the Earth was flat, but in reality, uh, the educated opinion at the time was that the Earth is round. So it's not until you get very, very far back, uh, around the same time you'd have the origin of many religions uh, and uh, Egyptian times around then that you actually see the flat Earth. And then again, uh, it had a resurgence in the 1900s. Though I do feel there is a distinction between the old flat Earth and the new flat Earth that the new one sh doesn't share the same ideologies, the same philosophical backings, and, and the same theoretical framework and um, model, if you will, uh, perhaps a poor choice of words, um, as the new one. But if it's true that the Earth is flat, then from above, looking down, it's still round, because it's like you say it's flat but round, oval or circular. Sure, uh, that's one of the explanations. Uh, I've heard other ones too. Uh, for example, if we were to believe that space is curved, it would make sense that a flat object would appear curved in round space. Uh, and remember, if we were to believe Einstein, we, we would kind of have to believe that. Uh, so even you see these big flaws in the round earth theory that can't be explained properly because they actually lead to the conclusion that the earth is flat. But where where does the like the the borders? I mean, if you go to the edge, what what's there and where are those edges? Well, there there are multiple theories on that too. Um, well, first off, the borders. Uh, if you've ever seen the, you know, the the logo for the UN or the World Health Organization or many of these uh, overarching international uh, groups, you see what a lot of most flat earthers, I would say, think is a fairly accurate map of uh, of the of the Earth. Not exactly right, but uh, the basic idea. And just you know, in case your listeners aren't familiar with it. Uh, what you have is the North Pole in the center of the circle, and on the outside, along the rim, you have the Antarctic. Now, some people say there's an ice wall there if you go deep enough into the Antarctic, and that's the edge. Uh, some people then even go on to say there's a dome above that to, uh, to hold in the atmosphere and whatnot, and uh, for some even to hold out, out universal floods uh, like we see in the Bible. Uh, Others, uh, and I think as far as these models go, uh, others believe that the uh, Earth is infinite, and, and so there is no edge. There's just an edge to the area we live in, and that would be the Antarctic. Uh, otherwise, it just continues on forever. Uh, Samuel Robotham, who was one of the founders of uh, modern flat Earth thought, believed down this line. So basically, if you, th if you take the, the round Earth and you like... Uh cut like if it's a balloon and you like cut the bottom and you just flat it out it's like that that's kind of what it looks like sure yeah um or yeah that'd be a good way to describe it sure why would it not be i mean why would why is it a secret well uh 
a lot of people theorize about that, and there are a lot of different thoughts. Uh, so some some of the more biblically minded followers would say that it's an attempt for the powers that be, um, the government, uh, and ultimately their leader Satan, um, to hide the truth from us. I not as I don't strongly believe that as, as some, or if I do at all. Uh, others would say that it's tied to a lot of the motives that you'd have behind moon hoaxes. Um, one popular example that I can think of is that during the Cold War, we faked the moon landing. Uh, shortly afterwards, we found out the reason we couldn't succeed at the moon landing was actually because because the Earth was flat. Uh, at this point, we're stuck in the lie, and we, we kind of have to live with it or else we, we undermine the authority of the entire country uh, due to the, the hold that the Cold War had on the country and uh, its current place. Um, and there are, there are other theories too. I guess it's not that difficult to keep it a secret because there's so few people that are actually astronauts and to become an astronaut is, is very hard. So you have to go into a certain like cult to be an astronaut. You know, it's a certain group of people. Oh, definitely. I think there, there's a study that came out a bit ago um, from an Ivy League school. Uh, I forget the particular study, but it, it was talking about how any conspiracy of size that would be necessary for a flat earth or a moon hoax or something like that to happen would be leaked in about four years just due to this, the number of people that have to know about it. But when you really think about it, it's uh, most of the people are working in a compartmentalized fashion and just sort of working on their – like they're not really interested in the bigger picture. They, they're interested in about, oh, building this – oh, say if they're at uh, Boeing – or Lockheed, they're interested in building this small particular part for a spaceship or uh, this other little uh, piece that really doesn't have to do with the larger picture. So none of them really would have to know other than uh, some a few key people, including mm -hmm. astronauts. And uh, like you mentioned, astronauts have to go through that, that indoctrination, that, that cult-like um, treatment you get in the military where you're not going to speak out against the military, you're not going to... Um, throw away, you know, your whole life of training and whatnot to uh, go against the, these people that are, that you, you, by nature, have to depend on. Charles Lindbergh, when he crossed the Atlantic, you know, he became a superstar. And, uh, you know, uh, I think Hillary is his name, the guy who climbed Mount Everest, I think he was the first one to do it. You know, he became famous and appeared everywhere in the media. And, you know, all all these people who, who do this the first guy to do something, you know, becomes like a celebrity and 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 he is or she is, is visible in the media, interviews, you know, becomes, uh, you know, a celebrity. And perhaps it's a coincidence that Neil Armstrong is just a, a shy guy, I don't know. But it seems like, you know, he if he did land and was the first guy to walk on the moon, I mean, he is the, the biggest human ever whoever existed, you know, he would be the most, you know, the the greatest explorer of, of them all. So it's so strange that after he landed on the moon, he kind of like disappeared. It is odd that uh, he didn't take it, you know, to the, the popularity a bit more. And then it's even weirder that when he is in positions to, to talk about things, he, he is very reserved. Uh, there's a, a famous story where uh, someone came up to him you know, just happened to catch him after an interview and said, you know, if you really went to the moon, 
swear on this Bible and, you know, tell me, you know, just if you, you'd have no uh, reservations to doing that if you actually went to the moon. And instead, he, he just went up and clocked the guy, uh, punched him right in the face. So it, it kind of raises the question, why would someone who actually had been to space do something like that? Why would they do something so ridiculous um, rather than just simply say, okay, fine, I, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I've been to the moon. Uh, on the other hand, I can also see how it, it might might be hard to, to to go from leading a life that had nothing to do with fame and then be be hosted into this position of uh, where you, where you really are the the most important person in the world. You uh, could be even said to won the Cold War or or whatnot. Um, I, I could see that might how that might be hard on a person. But uh, if the Earth is flat, would that mean then that the moon and all the other things you see in the sky are flat as well? I think most flat Earthers would say no. Um, and usually when we're you know presented with this question, it's because someone's tr trying to you know point out to us, well, why is the Earth special? Why is everything else in the universe different from it? And uh, this is wrong on two for for two reasons. Uh, one, it's a it's a little bit logically unsound to to say something like that because what you're essentially saying is, well, I've seen black geese my entire life. Uh, so it, it's a pretty fair thing to say that all geese are black. Now, of course, the next day might, you might wake up and look out your window and there's a, a gray or a white geese, a goose rather. Um, and, and that's what we're saying here. We're saying every other planet is round. So there's no such thing as a flat planet. Well, there is, we're living on it. We see it. Uh, we don't have to hope to see that white geese goose. Uh, we are we're here, and we have evidence for these beliefs. So, what's the theory that what's you know is the Earth on the like on the floor of the universe, or is the universe continuing below? Well, uh, very often we're asked what's underneath the Earth, and usually um, the answer is going to be we don't know. We we don't really choose to speculate about things that we don't know. The same reason. Uh, you might be hesitant to say the Earth is round or flat until you've gone to space yourself. I think it would be uh, damaging to, to just make up wild guesses to try to. Uh, it'd be similar to what Big Bang theorists are doing by creating a, a, basically a Genesis story uh, for no good reason um, about the creation of the universe when they're working with data that has to really be stretched and stretched and stretched beyond. Uh, any point of believability to to get to the the point where their equations are making sense. Have you heard about the hollow Earth theory? Oh, definitely. So, but but basically, the flat Earth theory theory destroys the hollow Earth theory because you can't have both, right? Right, right. Uh, that's definitely the case. And it's though there are interesting things that have been shared between the two theories. Um, I've seen some of the logic used uh, about their continents fitting to, uh, from hollow earth with the continents fitting together on both sides rather than the one you usually learn in school about them fitting together um, in the middle of the uh, Atlantic. Um, I've seen that find its way into flat earth theory. So there, there's definitely some overlap. And I think the, the greatest thing we, both of our groups share is that we're free thinkers and we're prepared to actually ask the questions and try to, try to learn and try to reach for truth, whereas uh, most people that believe in a round earth 
are kind of content with a sort of dogmatic thought where they don't really want to, they don't really care um, why the earth is flat. They're just happy that someone's told them that and they, they go on about their day. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to dismiss the flat earth as something like a, a crazy conspiracy theory, but I think it's important to, you know, you, you know, you can be 90% sure that the earth is round, but, you know, there's always a chance it's not, as well as the opposite, 90% sure it's flat, but who knows, you know. Oh, definitely, and uh, that's something uh, George Orwell mentioned specifically in uh, uh, 1984, uh, so... Uh, it's not just a bunch of cranks, cranks and uh, kooky guys out there that you know are, are just being crazy. Uh, we have a le- legitimate concern from you know famous, uh, well-known, and uh, excellent writer um, warning us that, well, don't be so sure. But you still must have you know being interested in this subject for so many years. You must still have uh, put a lot of grief on yourself because like most normal people would think you're crazy. And how, how has that been? Well, at first it, it was kind of hard um, having such an odd idea because the first reaction for many people is to uh, attack me, just like outright uh, say, kill yourself, go jump off the edge of the earth. Um, you're an idiot, you're a fool. Uh, so at first that was a little bit hard, but over the years, I started to see a pattern and you start to realize that it says a lot more about the kind of people that actively search out what they think is an easy target. And, um, and on another level, these, these are the same people when I talk to them and I start engaging them and, uh, get them to start, you know, explain to me, well, why, why am I wrong then? It becomes very clear that they don't even know why they think the earth is round. Uh, so, it doesn't bug me too much anymore. <laughs> what? How would you feel if you pretend, let's say, when you're in 20 years and you, for some reason, you get proof that it is round? Would you? How would you react to that? Having ha- having spent so many years on this. Sure. Um, I'm sure. Well, the first thing I would do is validate it. I'd make sure that I wasn't making a hasty decision. But assuming I've, you know, gone through all the steps and it's legitimate. I, I would change my mind right away. Uh, there, there would be nothing to stop me. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's wrong with academia and the whole idea of the round earth is that it's such a fashion show and it's so based on, uh, entire careers academics have built up that they're not willing to change their mind when presented with evidence that says the earth is flat. Uh, they're going to believe that till the day they die. You know, in alchemy, there's an expression that's as above, so below. So if the earth is flat, maybe the what's below it is a mirror. Uh, you know, it's that that's like the the middle point of the universe. And if you manage to get to the bottom on the other side, you, it's like, you know, the same as we're here, but opposite. Hmm. Very interesting. I have to read more on that. I, I just thought of it now, so I don't know if there's any. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely sounds like an interesting thing, and I've I've heard. Um, in fact, uh, one one of my theories uh, that hinges a lot on Einstein's work in relativity uh, works exactly like that um, in a sort of bent space sort of way. So the Earth is flat, but if you keep walking, you'll still end up where you started. Uh, meaning that if you were to dig down also and go be able to go through the Earth, eventually you would end up. 
um, on the other, well, what we would think would be the other side if we if the Earth was globe, but which is actually just another location on on the plane. Do you still think that the Earth is as deep as as it is now? I mean, not now, but like the people who say it's round. Uh, I mean, how 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 thick would you imagine it would be? Well, um, there's a few different answers to that question. Um, there's actually a paper put out by a round earth academic that did it as um, he actually saw some of my work doing ma- mathematics for uh, using Gauss's law for calculating uh, the depth of an infinite plane and said, well, that's kind of interesting. This might be, you know, good pedagogical um, uh, an academic sort of just for fun uh, paper on what, well, what if it was a finite flat earth? How deep would it be? And I can't remember his exact answer, but I, I seem to remember it being very similar to, to, to the round earth model. So you, you started this flat earth society. Um, why, why that name and uh, what's the point of it? Sure. Uh, well, actually, I, I didn't start it myself. Uh, it's been around in some form or other for uh, at least hundred year, about 100 years. Um, there was a small break in there. Uh, right before Daniel Shenton restarted it back up. Uh, I don't remember the year off the top of my head, um, but we chose to keep the same name and uh, go down that route uh, just because, well, the earth is flat. Um, what what other name would you, would you give it than a flat earth society, a society of people for that, that believe the earth is flat? Um, my own, my own group, the American group, I created more to give a presence in the United States uh, to flat earthers and to try to combine our efforts here because right now it's so dispersed and and you have one group over you know on, uh, here that believes it for one reason, another group over here that believes it on the other reason, and none of these small groups are talking to each other. And one of my goals for creating the American Flat Earth Society was to to try to get us together as a community so we can work on these problems together instead of against each other. And, you know, what? why does it matter if it's round or flat? Well, some might say it doesn't really matter. Um, and for most people, it probably doesn't matter too much. Uh, I think having the question out there uh, and having the argument there, though, does matter because I think it changes the way people think and takes them away from this sort of, uh, again, I, I've been using the word a lot today, uh, but a uh, dogmatic thought where they, or not willing to question and say, oh, that might be true or this might be true. And there's that 90% that, wow, I believe the earth is round. Uh, I don't think a lot of people have that other 10% where they, they say it could be something else. And uh, in that way, it would change people's day-to-day life. But for the most part, I doubt it would. Um, I know a lot of our believers get get a, lot, uh, a sort of happiness and a, a, a sort of joy out of the earth being flat because – um, at least some of the more religious-minded uh, believers, because uh, it, it, it gives us it, or gives them a certain amount of joy to know that God created this earth for us and it's flat, and, and uh, they know and the truth. And I think that's a good thing uh, that, that that exists. I remember when I went to high school, I had a class called criminology. 
And the teacher asked the class, like, raise your hand, everybody who is against the death penalty. And everybody in the class raised their hand because that's the type of society I live in. So everybody is against it. But uh, I didn't raise my hand because I noticed everybody else did. And I did not have an opinion about it. I just, you know, go against the grain. And then he said, uh, who is for the death penalty? And I raised my hand. And then the teacher got really angry at me. And uh, I always remember this event because I thought, well, why did he ask if he already had a, a, a you know, a prejudice at what he wanted us to believe, you know? Right, exactly. Why was he um, just sort of setting you up to, to attack you? And, and it's actually quite, that reminds me of something that happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a, a young fellow had contacted our group through Facebook and said, well, my, class, my, my school is putting me in front of the whole school to explain flat earth theory. And all I could think of was this poor kid is just going to get destroyed. What kind of, uh, you know, he's going to get beat up. People are going to make fun of him and just treat him awfully. Uh, what kind of academic establishment uh, that cares about learning, that cares about education and, and rather than just rote understanding, uh, sets, sets some poor fellow up for... Uh, Basically, to get, to get crucified, to get a, 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 to, to ruin their high school career, and something just uh, never never sat right uh, since that day uh, when he contacted me about that. I did my best to try to convince him uh, not to not not to do it. And you know, if you believe in the flat Earth, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, it, it might it sounds like these teachers are being you know kind of vindictive and trying to. Um, make an example out of you and it's probably not in your best interest it's unfortunate so are you doing this as a hobby or are you doing this like as a career or how much do you invest in it i've, I've been investing i'd probably say it's more on the hobby level since it isn't something i do uh, every day every hour of my life uh, on the other hand uh it does take up most of my free time um i'm also working on uh a book uh, it should be out in the next month or two um, depending on how, how a few deadlines go um, about the flat earth that I've been writing for a good couple years so it should be picking up a bit more from there uh, and especially lately with the the new interest in the flat earth society I find myself doing multiple interviews a week about it and talking to all sorts of folks going in and doing uh, lectures or, uh, or whatnot. So I'd say it's a little more serious than a hobby, but it's, uh, I wouldn't call it a career because I don't think I could feed myself doing this. <laughs> I don't recall if it was in January or February, but there was around that time of this year, uh, some rapper uh, said something about the Flat Earth Society and then uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, one of the most famous uh, scientists, uh, you know, go. They, well, they had like a, a Twitter war. Have you heard about this? Oh yes, yes. Uh, that, that's actually probably what um, we saw a huge uh, uh, boost in, in people just looking for us and looking us up at that time. Um, and, I, and I think it's really sad the way that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson handled it because. Um, he didn't really. He did, he did a few things that were damaging, and even and this is not even as a flat earther. It's just as 
uh, you know, an educated person that, that knows about some of what he was talking about. But he, he said it was dangerous for um, people to advance ideas, essentially, that are against uh, the, the status quo, the uh, academic, you know, consensus. And it just got me thinking, like, well, wasn't that what Galileo was doing uh, when they imprisoned him? Aren't, aren't you, uh, if, if we're a society that really values science and you're a, pers- a scientist that actually values what science means, aren't you damaging science by putting forth uh, the idea that uh, you shouldn't advance science? Because that's essentially what coming up with an idea that's against the current model is. It's a chance of advancement. Uh, you don't get any advancement by saying, yes, oh, this model is right, this model is right. Sure, you can uh, work deductively inward and uh, perhaps invent a microwave or, or something neat uh, that's useful, but you, you don't get any closer to truth that by working inductive, deductively. Um, and on another on another level, he uh, it was quite famous. He went up and said, you know, uh, the same point you brought up earlier about the relative uh, why the it might look flat when I look out my window, uh, and he said that was a basic tenet of non-Euclidean geometry. Well, I actually happen to be trained in mathematics, and I know for a fact that the, uh, non-Euclidean geometry is geometry that has to do with um, ignoring Euclid's postulates, one of which defines a circle. Uh, so he's putting himself in the same position of, uh, of being a dangerous person that's dangerous to society because he's spreading false ideas through disproving us and giving me the opportunity to sit here and, and, and say how foolish he is uh, for saying that. And, and likewise, when he dropped the mic and said it was gravity, uh, that's, that was equally incorrect. That, that's not what gravity is. And uh, gravity is, uh, as far as rounder science goes, a uh, pseudo-force. W- what he was witnessing was gravitation. Uh, so it, it was just disappointing that you, you have supposedly this you know, world-famous um, scientist who you know, has his own TV show and is teaching everybody uh, how, how to look at the world, and he, do, uh, he does it wrong. It's, it's disappointing. You know, if 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 you have a if you have a theory and you don't have a PhD and nobody takes you seriously, but if you have a PhD, you know everybody listens. And I always think I I can't remember his name now, but there's a guy, I think it's John Anthony West, but I, I'm not sure. But he's like very much interested in Egypt, and he studied Egypt for I don't know how many decades, and you know he he has all these facts, and you know he knows just as much as an Egyptologist. But he's ridiculed because he doesn't have this PhD. And PhD is, you know, basically to get a PhD, you have to fall in line and follow protocol. And, and it, you know, usually when you write a, your paper to get a PhD, you have to base it on previous PhD papers. You have to repeat the same and expand on the same uh, concepts. And I've always had this fantasy that, you know, I mean, when you complain about the PhDs are illusionary, I mean, it doesn't prove that somebody is right just because they have a PhD. Uh, but if you say that and you don't have a PhD, you know, everybody, well, yeah, that's just because you don't have a PhD, you know, you're jealous. So I always had this fantasy that I was going to go get the PhD so I could say that PhD is bull- bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's a, it's a good point. And I, and, uh, I hope you, d- you end up doing that uh, because... 
I'll, I'll, I'll shout it out to as many people as I can because uh, it's something I believe in to a point too. While there is a need for the idea of a PhD and, and somebody to credit experts, uh, the, the methods that you go to to get go through to get a PhD seem against the whole idea of of progress and uh, thinking and uh, and uh, expertise in, in general. It, it's, it does seem a little poorly uh, aimed and uh, prejudiced to keep the current way of thinking in um, in power. But of course, I don't have a PhD, so <laughs> it doesn't mean too much. Uh, so if, uh, you know, because I, I never intended to question this theory in this podcast, because I think uh, it's better to allow the, the theory to, to breathe. And then if people listen to this and they feel like they want to question it, they can research themselves. Otherwise, it would just be an unpleasant, you know, grilling, which is boring. Uh, so if people uh, are interested in flat earth uh, you know i guess uh, your website is the best way to to find all the you you mean you collected all the evidence right yeah we have a, a good amount of evidence on our website uh the flat earth society.org um we we have a lot of good uh publications there that have been printed over the years um and references to other publications you might have to go to the library or a more likely order um somewhere uh, that have a lot of good information too. Um, uh, in addition, we have a, a good forum there, which, uh, well, sometimes suffers with some, some of the issues of the internet has in whole, but it's a good place to get your feet wet and, and talk to some real flat earthers and see what they're thinking. Yeah, so people can make up their own mind. Definitely. Because that's all we really want. We, I, I have no will to convince anybody else that the earth is flat, but I will, uh, I do have a will to convince people to think for themselves and to make their own decision about it and to look over the evidence or look over the, uh, at the very least, look over the evidence for what they believe in and uh, know why they believe it. Uh, so that if, they, if they don't have to end up at the flat earth, it's not, not really any concern for me. It's, you know, I'm just happy that they thought. So what's in store for the future? You mentioned uh, uh, this book. Uh, anything else uh, you're working on or expanding on the website or something like this? Well, actually, the other day I've contacted a few of the other um, notable figures in our, in our society uh, that I've recently become aware of since the um, uh, whole B.O.B. and Tila Tequila thing. He, he's the rapper we mentioned earlier um and uh, i'm hoping to see if we, we can get some traction there and create a conference soon uh to get all of us flat earthers together somewhere on this plane um again my book is coming out soon and uh, everyone should keep an eye out for it uh, and it should be very mind opening and uh other than that just just the, the same old uh projects and, and work that we usually do uh random talks here and there when we're invited or uh, know of an event that is, is suitable. Um, we're, at, we're actually reopening membership in the next month, and, uh, which you send a, a small fee, which uh, pretty much just covers the cost of the print, the certificate, uh, the cards, and you get registered on our website as an official believer or 
if you would rather uh, just a friend of the, the Flat Earth Society, if you agree with with what we're doing, but you don't agree that the Earth is flat. Um, and we should also, uh, at that same time, we'll probably uh, start selling T-shirts again and other stuff like that to try to fund some uh, future projects, uh, research projects towards finding more evidence that the Earth is flat. Would you say that people who believe the Earth is flat, are they like... Uh adhere to a certain religion or are they non-religious? What's your impression? Well, it's a bit of both. Um, I'd, I'd say most in my society and uh, Daniel Shanton's society aren't uh, strictly, or whether they're religious or not, doesn't seem to affect their belief. Um, uh, and most of them are, are probably not religious, though I'd be hesitant to say that just because I haven't polled everybody and asked everybody, but the general feeling I get is it's not religiously founded. There are several other groups in the United States that are uh, more religiously founded and um, they're, they're very good groups too. And um, a lot of people look at the idea that, uh, that the roots of their, of this belief is religious and they say, Oh, that that's foolish. You're an idiot. But when you look at, uh, pretty much every great scientist in history, uh, all of them have been have been religious. All not one of them has been uh, so brass as to say there there is no God. Um, I'm not a particularly religious, religious man myself, but it, it would be ridiculous for me to say uh, that there's nothing to it. That 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 uh, even if religion is you know the opiate of the masses, uh, it's still the heart of the world, and uh, that's something. That's something very good. Yeah, to paraphrase Terrence McKenna, he said something like, you know, science doesn't allow any miracles. Only one, the Big Bang. The rest, after that, you're not allowed to have any more. Oh, definitely. And, um, and, and while miracles might not be useful if you're trying to, under, uh, I don't know, build a better gun, uh, th there are other areas in life where uh, a miracle is indispensable. So, like you say, uh, people can check out the website. Uh, say the website again and also your Twitter. Oh, yes. Uh, my Twitter account is at John Eric Davis, and our website is theflatearthsociety.org. Cool. And I'll also link to those in the program notes. Um, so, it was very interesting to talk to you, and uh, uh, I thank you for your time. Oh, definitely. It was a pleasure. Uh, uh, thanks for having me, and uh, I hope we get to talk again sometime. If you want to look at the evidence and make up your own mind, surf over to www.theflatearthsociety.org. Now for some music to close this episode. The song I'm about to play is called Omkara by Anahata Sacred Sound Current. And you can find more of their music at Anahata Sacred Sound Current bandcamp.com Freedom is in the mind